Greetings there, SE land. This is Twig, Anthony Twig Wheeler, here with another episode of Twig's SE Reflections podcast series. This is an audio archive series meant for SE students and practitioners everywhere, folks that are studying the psychobiological literature and the somatic healing arts, applying that with their clients and the helping professions, folks that are working to help other folks feel better. I'm interested in that. You are too. Here we are today. I wanted to offer you a cautionary tale in this episode 85. Episode 85, looking at the range of motion and a certain protectionism that SE practitioners should be cautious of. This is a thought that I often share with folks and I want to share with you. There are times in SE sessions, we might think of these more like the advanced sessions or sessions where things are really moving or not all people need this, not all sessions are ever going to go here, but there are sessions that rarely happen at the beginning, so it takes some kind of advancement usually for certain kind of movement patterns to start to express themselves. Things start to move again kind of out of fixity into flow as Peter Levine used to say or maybe still does that out of fixity into flow includes oftentimes a lot of um, ever increasing movement you know it could start with a very light twitching and elaborate into a whole muscle kind of like having a little spasm could move on to causing a joint to move, causing something to actually move, could increase to where there's kind of a jiggling movement. Say this is in the arm, now the wrist is is kind of wobbling, could increase to where now the arm is kind of lifting up off the arm of the chair, kind of bouncing up and down, could continue to grow over time or over multiple sessions, as it were, coming out of freeze, coming out of somatic dissociation, coming back into action, mobilizing for completion of a self-protective response, perhaps. And it's kind of waking up and moving, and it's moving on its own. And it's not everybody needs that. Not everybody's going to do that. But sometimes in tracking the felt sense and paying attention to pendulation and oscillation processes and allowing things to move, we uncover that sure enough, the autonomic nervous system wants to kind of wake up and come into action and do its thing. Feels good. We're looking for this. In fact, we want to let this happen when it comes about and we want to help people be able to pay attention to it. And one of the things that can come of it is increasing range of motion, R-O-M, range of motion, an increasing range of motion. It's wonderful. And you can kind of see why it would happen, why there would be more and more movement. You know, take take a co-contracting area of the body where there's lots of different signal to say, stay frozen, don't move, stay tonic, stay still. And for things to start to 
get organized enough where some amount of coherent firing of the muscles can happen where they actually move together. They, they engage or innervate or recruit the muscle fibers so as to kind of create these movements to happen and you can see it get more and more organized, less and less dissociated, more and more kind of practical and you can see movement that you know kind of like was essentially frozen in time start to unfold, thaw, come into mobilization and the Con conflict holding back the range of motion with different angles and parts of the body trying to say, no, me, I want to hold here too, thus making it so it feels as though there's a limited and there is range of motion where things won't move. Other, other, antagonist muscles, opposite muscles won't relax and lay out so that a movement can happen. But as, as you start to come out of freeze and you start to see this movement start to mobilize and organize itself, you'll see that the range of motion increases. And, and you can clearly see that like the muscles that were antagonistic and holding are antagonistic, but letting out as they're supposed to, and muscles that are recruiting together are moving in a more organized, more coherent fashion. And as this grows, it can be quite lovely to watch and, and really quite enchanting to be a part of. And everybody is kind of mesmerized by it. Of course, it's unusual. Your arm is now kind of more and more circling around, organizing itself. And here's the caution. It can go too far. It can go too far. It's really amazing it can kind of get going so much and people's range of motion is going so much that, you know, you can, you can really like cause a strain on the ligaments and the tendons and the muscles underneath all of it and everything and on the joint in general and cause um, things to hurt <laughs> because of this liberating feeling happening and the momentum of it or the freedom of it or the increased range of motion of it, the drama of it. Sometimes the charge can be like kind of a, a heavy discharge moment where like there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of intensity. And when this increasing range of motion happens, you can find that the, the edge of the arc of what any single appendage can do and should do and should be encouraged to do, particularly given different people's age and how long it has been that they haven't moved very much and haven't had that range of motion very much. It all needs to be considered to say that there are certain arcs that the involuntary movement start may start by momentum or even by desire that it, those muscles get to do that thing which you'll see, and which we need to talk about here, that there will be all kinds of involuntary movement that'll start to get expansive enough or big enough or strong enough that it actually, if it's just free to go, if, if the idea is that the body 
has the wisdom and we're just following the wisdom of the body and we should just let this intensity or this big movement or this big arc around the neck and the orientation response which is another place you can see this where at first the head was very stiff maybe over a course of sessions you start to see that things start to loosen up and start to move and the orientation architecture starts to come online and you see an ever increasing amount of wobble and bobble in the head until the head and neck are kind of rocking around and orienting and ever increasing wider arcs until finally there can be such an arc on the on the neck that the cervical spine and all the different little tendons and ligaments in there and even the spinous processes and such they have their limits and the muscles of the inhibited self-protective responses can be quite enthusiastic about engaging themselves <laughs> once this freedom of movement starts to happen and you can find that you may have experienced this yourself but certainly your clients will find that like some of this liberating this kind of range of motion and this more and more the body is able to move freely can actually liberate a whole lot of charge or effort or strain or the muscles back in the neck along the occiput and the neck can really really be pulling finally getting to do this thing that they've been wanting to do more organized yes but perhaps and this is the caution beyond the range of motion that really should be allowed because from a more sober moment a more kind of attentive moment we could see that some of the angles that might come out of this might lead to strains and pains later because they're actually just too sharp or asking too much of the underlying structure that is either not meant to move that much or that strongly or isn't in the condition for you know reasons of body inactivity or or even just different conditioning that the, that part of the body just doesn't move in that way and in that place as a practitioner i kind of think and I, I think you'll think it's it's our responsibility to see that the amplitude of this increasing range of motion there needs to be some quality of protection that says although we trust the wisdom of the body to unfold and allow this to happen we also have a responsibility to know the terrain that our clients are going into perhaps in a way that they don't and even that they shouldn't have to be tracking at this level but it's our job to make sure that that range of motion isn't going to hurt their joints just about as simple as that isn't going to hurt their joints their shoulder joint their shoulder girdle their neck around the different like cervical spine and the top of the necks and the lower part of the neck and and you can see people when they go in the orientation response the neck can get really kinked up and you need to make sure that that angle isn't so extreme that it causes them either in that moment or later even when they're not even aware of it later to feel pain and the pain comes not 
for any other reason that the body, the physical structure ended up getting torqued by the kind of allowance and unfolding of the stress response completion instructions, you know, the muscles pulling like that. And that's, they can be very exuberant about doing that. And if the body's just allowed to kink over into itself, it can hurt. And, and you, you don't want to cause that. And it can cause, it can cause lasting impressions and damage and even cause people to have other problems because of just the magnitude of the the muscles pulling on these different joints at that extreme range of motion can sometimes lead to lasting wear on the body that is ever sensitive ever after largely because tendons and joints you know they don't they don't repair in the same way that that other parts of us do not quite the same so what do you what do you do well you you got to be attentive to this you got to know i i hope you'll know that while we're interested in allowing the body to, especially in these kind of moments as it's becoming freer and freer, to do itself more and more, we're just encouraging of that, you know, not necessarily like cheerleading, as I sometimes say, like from standing on your chair and shouting, that's it, that's it, which I used to do in my earlier days. But, but you know, there's a certain encouragement and permission for this allowance of increasing range of motion and increasing freedom of the head and neck to move or for the arms to shake or the legs to run or whatnot and then at the same time there's that we would be attentive to the sense of overwhelm of any of these sensations or feeling states becoming too much to witness at the same time as they're happening to be attentive to them and participatory with them and not feel threatened by them, overly threatened by them. You know, we would be attentive to people's overwhelm. There's a certain place where we're in these kind of increasing moments of range of motion. We need to be attentive to the fact that some of these motions, movements, could be dangerous to people's bodies in a way that we need to protect them for. And... There are a couple different ways to go about doing that that don't necessarily inhibit or disrupt in any meaningful way the allowance for the movement pattern that's unfolding to continue along its way and get to its own completion without disrupting it in order to protect the body. Now, at times, maybe that's necessary. You know, maybe it's like better to get out of this allowance. And that, that could be true if, if you don't see enough pendulation, particularly like maybe, maybe like the muscles on one side of the neck start to pull and you allow that to happen, but there's no real pendulation going on. So only those muscles pull and there's no torque or turn or lending to the next thing. And it's just like, those muscles pull and there's nothing else that happens and you just just cranks down on the neck that you know you would you would want to try to see oh that's that's not got any other pendulation to it there's no other evidence of pendulation so before going into that very deeply you would already be bringing us the attention away from that and the effort away from that allowance so as to touch into it and get out rather than go into it and just get stuck there and risk this kind of crink on the neck so there are times when when it's like just going to go in and you you're going to immediately get out but there are the point here is that as you're allowing this increased range of motion there are times when it's completely safe 
to just allow people to just completely disinhibit and not tell their bodies what to do or what not to do. And they'll wiggle and jiggle or shake or their arms will move into round arcs or they're like the rolling down the wind, wind window move, you know, the big wide rolling it back kind of thing or the head and neck will wobble and bobble all around into these big wide arcs. And if, if you get to this place in here where you see, oh, I, I want to let this continue to keep going and I also want to make sure that they're not going to get hurt. There's a few things that you could do. One is sometimes you can suggest that they use the furniture in order to protect themselves from the arc being too extreme. Because it's like the if if they could if they could like kind of scoot down in the chair or the couch, the sofa, they have maybe a little headrest or a place where they can this is for maybe the orientation one where the head and neck are rolling around and rather than rolling around with a steep bend on the neck while sitting straight up, you could encourage them maybe to explore scooting down a little bit so that their head and neck would have a little support from the back of a maybe a sofa or a chair that has a little bit of head support and then they can lean into that and then their head and neck won't be able to bend as far even while the muscles that are moving the body around would still get to have the opportunity to pull as much as they wanted to pull. They just wouldn't be able to crink the structure and cause this this otherwise unnecessary pain. Well, so you could have you could do that in other places where the furniture or a pillow or some kind of reconfiguration on the 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 on the chair on the floor um you know different uh the massage table you know to to use different structures in order to help to like um mitigate the arc so that's one thing is you could do structures you can also and sometimes it's necessary to do and definitely necessary to tell people this as they're going home so sometimes good to practice it is that most of the time people can get accustomed to or get some kind of facility with both allowing it to happen and kind of protecting from it being too extreme by you know kind of countering it a little bit by using their hand or their arm to kind of balance it at some place or um, kind of helping to use other parts of their body or muscles in their body to kind of like not let it go so extreme or kind of even fighting with it a little bit to make it so it like a recognized thing. We don't need that arc. Let's not, let's try to not let it go all the way to the end. I know we want to let it happen and we want to let it happen, but we're also just going to hold it back just enough that it doesn't go quite so sharp there against your your back or against your neck. Or you'll see places where you think that's a, that's kind of contraindicated. We don't want that to happen. That's like a, a safety zone in in massage. There are places in your body that you just you don't want the practitioner to touch. You know certain arteries and nerves and such that run close to the surface of the skin that make things very feel very edgy. Well, 
like as the practitioner, you want to watch and say, oh, you know, that arc right there is kind of pulling the humerus out of the scapula. And, and that's just a really strong, like angle on the, on the joint there by pulling the arm back like that. So, you know, let's do something to, to inhibit that happening quite as much. There are times when you might increase the inhibition. Now then, what I normally do, and probably what you do, frankly, is I come in and I try to support the structure that is having this stronger range of motion and this increase arc. And I come in and I kind of support, say, the head. This is not unique to me, but I'll just share it from my perspective. I support the head at the amount of kind of pressure or holding that just takes away the sense of gravity. And then I kind of follow with my hands, supporting the body as it moves without taking control of the movement and without being super light, I'm, I'm holding just enough of the weight so that maybe in the case of the head, the head feels like it's not as in so much gravity. And then I protect for that angle. If the angle should ever get so strong, I do a little bit of support to make sure that the angle doesn't hurt. But yet, by kind of giving this little support to the head, I get to track along with the movement of the head and make it so actually it kind of what it seems to do is no, it can still get quite tight. It can still get quite tight. You will at times have to protect from that angle. That's the point. At times, even if you even if you're doing the following, even if you're you got your hands on and you got just the right amount of like anti-gravity you're 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 taking away gravity so that the muscles can move more freely inside of their like unwinding or kind of um out of freeze response like mobilizing response like you, the, you know this movement pattern is starting to unwind and come out of freeze and such like you can you can be right there and sometimes as you're right there it will try to pull so hard that it kinks on them and being there makes it so that you can help protect against that. And it's, it's just a guidance kind of thing. It's not to fight with it. It's just to kind of like give a little bit of feedback like the couch would do or something so that the muscles are still free to pull, but they're less likely to hurt. There are times where we have to come in and kind of like make sure that they're not going to get hurt from this allowance and this is a very structural kind of thing at this level like certain joints that are going to get kinked when muscles pull increasing range of motion movement across those joints and sometimes you can use furniture in order to help kind of not have the kink be so extreme so the arc isn't so extreme and the movement can roll through on a lower amplitude arc sometimes you can have them kind of counter it a little bit so it's it's not as intense the range of motion isn't quite as free to go wherever the 
body might be trying to get it to go. And sometimes you might be there doing what is otherwise a very st fairly typical way of following where we're kind of more or less at the level of gravity supporting the structure to be able to feel free to move inside of itself, but it doesn't have to hold up gravity as much. So any gains that it makes, it doesn't have to like fight with gravity, so it's freer to move. And yet, when it tries to make those heavier arcs, like by having that contact, you can kind of guide it through that steep arc and soften it out and help it not get so locked up and kinked up which is just a it's just a bummer when that happens and i'm certain that some of my clients probably to this day are gonna like notice little neck kinks that they get these days from sessions that i used to let that arc go too much for them and i certainly know that for myself in my enthusiasm for all things organic and allowing and and such I let a number of my sessions have far too sharp an arc in favor of kind of allowing my body to do what it wanted to do and to this day I can wake up many days of the week and the first thing I have to do is attend to how I lift my head so as not to feel the kind of residual discomfort that comes almost almost assuredly from when I let my neck get quite so bent out of shape while I was allowing my sessions to unfold. And now I know that certainly didn't have to happen. If I had allowed more head support, more neck support, if I had not allowed the arc to be as strong, if I'd had more support in kind of taming out the arc and not having it be quite so sharp, I would have been able to move through those movement sequences, which were in fact so incredibly important for helping me feel so much calmer over to all over time. And I, I, but I wouldn't have gotten that secondary cost. So a cautionary tale for you with your clients as that range of motion increases and the freedom of movement kind of comes online. We love that. We want to encourage that. And there is some, um, caution to be had in just allowing that to happen of course there's the caution of making sure that a client can assimilate that and integrate that and be with it as it happens and it's not too arousing and arresting as it happens but also fundamentally just that as it's happening and it's all groovy there's still concerns that we don't allow that arc to hurt okay that was something that I wanted to share with you. I hope you're taking real good care out there. Yes, indeed, I do. Okay, be well. Bye-bye now. And here's a tracking twig moment for episode 85. I am excited to be on my way to Bolivia. Bolivia, here I come. And... I have not exposed or shared what I'm doing there, but I'll tell you, it's an adventure and I'm really looking forward to it. And maybe at some point I'll be lucky enough to share stuff about it. And when I do, I think that you will appreciate it too. Anyway, 
For now, I'm just enjoying the fact that I have a unique opportunity and I'm going to take it. And that is taking me to Bolivia for April. The podcast, Twigs SE Reflections, is going to continue to publish on Saturdays. You can look forward to new episodes on Saturdays at your favorite places, iTunes or your iPhone things or your Android things. I hope you can find it. If you're listening right now, you found it. You can always go to liberationispossible.org backslash reflections and you'll find all the information about the project and the archives, 85 episodes there. And I'll look forward to talking with you all and hearing from you all as we go along. Okay, that's that.